This is a WKYT podcast. Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. And our main guest this morning is the governor of the Commonwealth, Andy Bashir. As we all live through some history right now, Bashir finds himself steering the ship of state government and making some tough decisions. Sometimes they're controversial. The governor has been praised by many for his early actions, including establishing a calm televised daily update for Kentuckians and for his obvious empathy for Kentucky families who have lost loved ones to coronavirus. The governor slowly closed the state down and has made the rules tighter along the way. He's very cautious now about when and how to try to reopen some businesses, although there's a lot of pressure. It has led to backlash, including loud protests. Bashir has also been criticized by some for sending state police in on Easter Sunday to record the license plates of those who had a mass gathering at a church. In the middle of all this, the state legislature shortened its session, but passed a state budget and some other bills. Governor Bashir joined us by Skype from the state capitol. Governor, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to be with us uh, during very uh, stressful and a very uh, packed time for your schedule, I know. Uh, could you have imagined uh, weeks into your term that uh, you would be dealing with something uh, as elusive and and deadly and strange as the, the coronavirus? Well, Bill, thanks for having me uh, today. And, and let me start the way I always start, that we will get through this and we will get through this together. I don't think any of us could have ever foreseen uh, a worldwide pandemic uh, like the coronavirus. Uh, it is a type of challenge that none of us have ever faced before. And it has turned our economy and our world and our way of life upside down. But what's amazing, is that Kentuckians have answered the call, that we have willingly sacrificed our, our, our personal financial interests uh, for the betterment of our fellow human being. And I tell you what, we are flattening that curve. We are saving lives. While I couldn't have ever predicted uh, where we, what we've been dealing with, and, and while I know there have been sacrifices by so many out there, I am so proud to be the governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky right now. Governor, let's talk about uh, where we are. And I know uh, it's difficult for you uh, every day when you get that daily update because you're having to give uh, numbers about uh, more people infected and more deaths. And uh, we have uh, more than 100 of our fellow Kentuckians have been lost. We have uh, hundreds in the hospital, also fortunately hundreds who have recovered. Uh, where does Kentucky stand, in your view, in our current battle with COVID-19? Well, and, and your acknowledgement of, of those that we have lost, those that are in the ICU, uh, those that are in a hospital or, or even at home riding this virus out, making sure that they and all of their families know how much we support them is so important. When we lose one Kentucky into this, we all lose somebody because uh, remember, it's all of our actions uh, that keep each other safe or put each other in harm's way. Uh, so where we are in this virus, and I think just about everybody has seen the different charts and seen uh, the, the concept of flattening the curve, is we are on our escalation. Uh, we have not reached um, our uh, apex, our, our peak yet, and, and uh, other, other cities or states don't really know if they have either. Some think that they might uh, just be there. Uh, so how I would describe this is 
uh, we're getting close uh, to halftime. And I know it has been a, a grueling battle, and if you were thinking about it in sports terms, a grueling game, what we can't do at halftime is start talking about the next game. We have to be committed to where we are right now, knowing we have already saved thousands of lives by flattening the curve. Uh, Kentuckians have done that. They're passing that test of humanity. We just got to be resilient enough to know that we still got some long weeks ahead. Uh, but if we continue, continue to make the sacrifices that we're making, uh, so many of our fellow Kentuckians are going to be with us uh, when this is all over that otherwise wouldn't be. Governor, do you feel that we have the equipment and the hospital facilities in place that we will need to get through this uh, continuing surge? So as we've talked about, you need uh, three things to fight the coronavirus. Number one, you need personal. Uh, number one, you need uh, uh, testing capacity. And we are uh, continuing to increase our testing capacity. Uh, we've done a lot. We're announcing uh, four drive-through testing sites on Mon uh, for Monday. We're announcing them this afternoon. Uh, and that goes along with a 2,000 kit a day um, uh, group that we have with our hospitals. And then you add all the other labs that are working statewide onto that. So we're increasing, but we are not there yet. We still don't have um, enough testing here in the Commonwealth. And that's gonna be really important as we look to, to reopen our economy. Uh, the second piece is social distancing, something that we can all do and that we are doing. That one is totally in our control. The third is our healthcare capacity. And we've got some good and some tough news in that. The good news is our hospital systems are doing a heck of a job. Uh, they, are, they, they are treating uh, people and getting them uh, stable a lot earlier than anyone predicted. So right now, we look to be okay amongst our beds and our, and our ventilators uh, with the addition of uh, the field hospitals in Louisville and in Lexington that are there waiting, along with state parks that at any time we can activate uh, to help with overflow folks. But the other side on healthcare, the personal protective equipment is still a battle every day to make sure our healthcare workers are properly protected. And we're having to battle with other states and the federal government to get it. It is an awful system. But my job is to do the best I can with the conditions that exist to make sure that we have enough to get by. So to every nurse and doctor and healthcare worker, everybody working in a nursing home or a senior living facility, I know you don't have everything you need. I'm gonna work and fight to try to get it to you. You are a hero. Well, the only weapon that we really have in this, uh, as we know, Governor, is uh, uh, social distancing. That's in absence of uh, uh, you know, any cures or a, a, a vaccine at this point. And uh, you made decisions early on to uh, close businesses down, uh, other facilities. Uh, and now there is tremendous economic fallout from that and uh, uh, some unrest. There were uh, loud protests this week uh, outside your daily update. Uh, at one point, you acknowledged that you may have underestimated the public's desire to know uh, the way things would go in terms of opening things back up. Uh, first of all, when you were in the middle of that live briefing and you heard uh, those loud chants that were uh, just overwhelming what, uh, you know, your ability really to, to be heard, uh, what did you think? Well, any time that you face something like a worldwide pandemic, you're going to have to make difficult choices. There aren't any easy choices when it comes to saving lives. And we've taken really aggressive action. Uh, that's closed thousands of, of businesses. Uh, so many people out there have lost their job. And, and yes, we had a couple dozen people 
uh, that uh, don't think the coronavirus is real or, or uh, think that we should just accept a certain death toll. I don't agree. But you know what? Uh, the millions and millions of Kentuckians that are with us, that even if they've lost their job, are supportive of what we're doing. They want to make sure that their parents and their grandparents uh, are still alive in the next couple months. That's the amazing unity we see across this state. Uh, sure, we might have 0.1% uh, that are upset and, and trying to make noise about it, but I have never seen this state as united as we are right now. Not Democrats or Republicans, just Americans versus this coronavirus, and I see it everywhere. Uh, we see courthouses in, in, in every county lit up green to, to honor those that we've lost. We see people making uh, PPE for, for their neighbors. We see the kids with the chalk art trying to bring out the very best of us. See, virtually all of us are passing that test of humanity, and that's why we're flattening the curve. We just can't let uh, those that don't think this is real, and there are going to be some out there that don't, uh, dampen our spirits. We got to be tough. We got to be resilient. And we got to make sure we have what it takes to do this as long as it takes. And folks, my job as a leader is to is to try to emulate that myself. Uh, sure, it's never great when people are outside your window uh, trying to yell at you, but I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be tough and I'm going to do what it takes to save lives because I see Kentuckians doing that all over this state. You said in your campaign and you have said as governor that the Capitol is a place for Kentuckians to uh, air their grievances, of course, never imagining that this. Uh, state police wrote uh, uh, some notices to folks to be uh, quarantined by local health departments following uh, the church service that was held over in Bullitt County. Uh, do you anticipate uh, doing anything of that nature in demonstrations if they uh, are not following uh, the recommendations in terms of social distancing? Well, this coronavirus uh, doesn't care what type of in-person uh, mass gathering it is. It spreads and then it kills people. And it's not just the people that have decided to go to the mass gathering. It's that they go to it, it spreads like wildfire in it, then they go home and they spread it to someone else who sees somebody else that it spreads to, and that person's spouse works in a nursing home. And all of a sudden, we have multiple deaths and an outbreak in, in that facility. So we can't have um, in-person mass gatherings of any type, uh, and we can't have them at the, at the Capitol either. Uh, so uh, Dr. Stephen Stack, uh, who's our uh, public health uh, commissioner, is, is putting out guidance on that. We're going to provide an opportunity uh, in a uh, uh, drive-in type style for those that, that want to, to, to protest or, or make their opinions heard at the Capitol, but we cannot allow, even on, on the Capitol grounds, for a whole bunch of people to get together, violate the CDC guidelines, and spread the virus. Uh, it's the difference between life and death, and I'm going to fight for the lives of Kentuckians. So you're saying there will be uh, rules for how to demonstrate, essentially? Yes, there, there will be rules and, and reasonable limitations just like everybody else around Kentucky is having to follow right now about no in-person uh, mass gatherings. It's the same rule that's been out there. Um, we're just asking everybody to do their part to defeat this coronavirus. They can disagree. They can disagree with you, disagree with me, disagree with the rest of Kentucky, uh, but they just got to do it in a safe way. But again, we spend a lot of time talking about the 0.1% that don't follow the rules. I just again want to say how amazed and gratified I am by the 99.9% .9 of Kentuckians that are doing it right. I mean, when we look back at this last weekend, which generated some news, 
he realized that, that uh, people responded to calls all over Kentucky, and we only had one mass gathering in the entire state in person. So the entire rest of the state was doing it right. That's special. I don't know if there's any other state in America that is this bought in and doing this much and sacrificing this much to save lives. Governors, you know, the, uh, the economic fallout uh, is real, and, and you, you feel that and acknowledge that uh, when mm -hmm. you've been giving your, your daily uh, updates. Uh, unemployment is uh, something we've never seen before. Uh, to what extent are you frustrated, and to what extent do you think there is progress being made now in getting those unemployment uh, requests processed and, and, and some help to people? Well, uh, this is a, a difficult time for people. And I believe that it will be a, a short-term uh, economic downturn that we are working and we are planning uh, to be able to jumpstart this economy. Uh, just yesterday, we uh, were able to process 17,825 unemployment claims. Uh, we're doing uh, that amount or close to it every single day. Uh, and, and we have signed up a record number of people and paid out a record amount. But to everybody out there who hasn't been helped yet, you're right. It's taking too long. You are in a place where you need the help and you need it now, and I will take responsibility for that. Uh, we are doing everything from in our call center, moving from a 12-person staff to a 1,000-person staff. That's certainly the biggest increase in hiring over three months that I think we've ever had uh, in state government, but that's because the people out there need this help uh, that badly. You know, there was a story in um, the, the paper the other day about somebody who waited too long uh, when I saw that, I checked into it, and, and they, they had just received their payment uh, the day before. So stick with us. Uh, we've never faced um, this amount of, of claims before. Uh, the coronavirus you know, was really first discovered in, in late December uh, of last year. Uh, so we are doing our best. But again, uh, if you've been waiting, uh, that's on us. And we're going to continue to work to fix it day in and day out. Governor, as you know, people uh, do legitimately want to know uh, how we climb out of this and how we do begin to reopen. Uh, you know, you chose to slowly uh, close down business over the last month or so, and it seemed that every time there would be an update, there would be new steps, as you would uh, call them, and, uh, and let people know what we were going to do, and always avoided the term lockdown, although uh, effectively that's what uh, we've been living here the last uh, month or so. Uh, as you look ahead, and I know there's some, there's some things in development you probably can't tell us, but what can you tell us about the, where we have to get before we can start to reopen Kentucky? Well, we are diligently working on uh, everything from our regional partnerships uh, to ensure that what we do is effective, both economically and from a public health standpoint. We're working, and on Friday, I'm going to be talking about the metrics that we are going to use uh, in how we uh, gradually uh, and in phases um, uh, restart uh, our, our economy and, and what's going to tell us uh, when it's the, the right time. And then looking at the opportunity, especially with federal stimulus money, on how we're able to jolt our economy uh, instead of it just slowly trying to, to rebound. Uh, yesterday, we had announced um, our first uh, set of partnerships with Ohio in Indiana. Those are two uh, governors that I've been working uh, with for, for months. Uh, and, and I tell you what, it's been a partnership where uh, it's truly uh, no Democrats or Republicans, just Americans versus the coronavirus. And today, uh, we're announcing that we are expanding that partnership 
to a number of other Midwestern states, and I know I will miss some, but they include uh, Ohio and Indiana. Uh, again, are, we're, we're expanding it all together. Uh, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, and I know uh, a number of others. That's gonna let us pool our public health resources, and that's gonna let us uh, work to uh, revive our economies together uh, in a way where we believe we can all uh, jumpstart uh, and, and have more success together than certainly we ever would apart. You have told schools to be prepared to be uh, potentially closed for the rest of the academic year. You've also said that you plan to talk with educators in the week ahead. Uh, what do you want to discuss with them? Well, I believe it's on, on Monday. I've got a call with superintendents all across the Commonwealth. What I'll do is give them an update on where we are, uh, what we think our timing of the peak uh, will be, uh, and what that means to, to their uh, calendar year. Uh, it's really important that we continue uh, the non-traditional instruction, or NTI, uh, that's remote learning, uh, because not just do our, do our kids need the instruction, they do, but they also need to be busy. They need to be intellectually challenged, because our kids have as much anxiety through this as, as we do. I'm, I'm the dad of a nine and a 10-year-old, and I see it in them every, every day. I'm actually taking a little bit of time to try to eat lunch with them uh, every single uh, day. And, and, and I can see it, uh, they're, they're, it's different. And, and I wanna make sure that they get through this, like all parents wanna make sure their kids get through this, uh, emotionally and, and physically and intellectually uh, strong. So we'll, we'll talk on that call about what the next steps are. Uh, again, we, we aren't to the peak here in Kentucky, and so we're gonna have to really think hard about what the appropriate timing for a return would be. This all happened during the uh, regular session of the General Assembly, as you know, they passed the budget, uh, you vetoed some of it, they overrode uh, some of those vetoes. Uh, do you, uh, you, know, you know, and of course we know you wanted to do more, you wanted to put about $400 million into the budget, but do you at this point, uh, fear the, the shortfalls that, that may be ahead for the Commonwealth? Well, the Commonwealth, uh, in, in terms of our state budget, uh, is gonna be in very difficult shape without uh, some federal help. Uh, right now, uh, all 50 states are working uh, with Congress and communicating with Congress uh, about ensuring that we have federal help to stabilize our budgets. Uh, because without that help, every state uh, will have to take drastic measures uh, that'll cut services and people uh, and, and further um, the, the recession uh, that we are seeing. If we wanna jumpstart our economy, uh, that's gonna be a critical piece. Uh, we are working uh, across party lines. Uh, Larry Hogan, governor of uh, Maryland, is doing a great job uh, leading the charge. Uh, it's something that's gonna be really important. And the federal government is gonna be incredibly important uh, when, when we are able to fully restart the economy too. Uh, less in terms of, of guidance, though we really appreciate their guidance, but it's going to be uh, direct stimulus that's necessary to make sure that we don't take a year or two to rebound, uh, that, we can, that we can get back and, and get going. I want to largely respect your desire to speak only of the coronavirus during this crisis, but the legislature did override your veto of the voter ID bill. Uh, do you accept that now as the law of the land? Well, whether or not you're for a voter ID bill or not, passing it during the coronavirus seems like you're, you're living in a different world. Uh, how do you go in and get uh, an ID right now? You can't uh, without 
uh, putting yourself at, at risk. And, and the idea in June that we would have a typical election, uh, long lines and, and our poll workers who by and large fall in vulnerable categories, I just think it's a little bit silly. It, you know, there's a, uh, our Senate president said there's a time and a place uh, in, in regards to something else, and he was right about that. Uh, but this is one where there's a time and a place too. If you want to do that type of thing, wait until the next session and do it after the coronavirus. As it is now, it's going to make it a lot harder for people to vote in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. The governor of the legislature also passed an abortion bill on its very last day. They have adjourned and they have no override authority. Uh, it's up to you now. Have you decided what you'll do on that bill? I haven't read it. Now, what I've been saying is how I feel. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing divisive issues uh, right now. Um, this is something that I've left to our, our public health folks and, and our healthcare community. Uh, we can't be uh, divided amongst uh, the lines that, that we had the most divisive uh, society of my lifetime before this pandemic hit, and now we're more unified than ever. Uh, we have a common adversary that is out there in the coronavirus uh, that is attacking our families and taking our loved ones. Uh, where I am is fighting that virus. When we look back, and when historians look back at this uh, chapter of uh, Kentucky history with uh, dealing with the coronavirus, and uh, we look back as we do now at the flu pandemic of 1918, 1919, uh, and Kentucky's efforts to slow its spread, uh, what do you hope they will say about you, and what do you hope they will say about Kentuckians? Well, I think when people look back uh, on this, it, it'll be as a test of, of humanity. Uh, and uh, I'm not worried about whether they say anything about me at all. What I am um, sure that they will say is that the people of Kentucky came together in a way that we hadn't seen since the greatest generation. They made sacrifices. Uh, they, they sacrificed their own uh, economic uh, self-interest. They went through times of anxiety and uncertainty but they were willing to do it to change everything about their economy and their daily lives that they had ever known to save other people's lives. And that they knew that most of the time when they were saving somebody's life, when they were staying healthy at home, the person they were saving, they don't even know, but they know that they're out there. Now, I believe that this is a test of what type of neighbor we are and, and a test of whether we are truly good people. And I am seeing every day, we are good people. Uh, all across Kentucky in so many different ways. We are seeing people make the responsible choices over and over and over and over and over. And what that's doing is flattening our curve. And I believe the story is gonna be that Kentucky did this better than anywhere else. But that's because, as you and I know, we've got some of the very best, most caring people in the Commonwealth. Governor Andy Beshear, thank you for giving us a few minutes. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, Bill. And stay with us here on Kentucky Newsmakers. We will hear from Greta Van Susteren, a national look at the coronavirus response in just a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. COVID-19 has hit a terrible new benchmark. The virus has now infected more than 2 million people worldwide. Our national political analyst has the latest COVID-19 headlines. Hello, I'm Greta Van Susteren, and here is your full court fast break. We are at war with an invisible enemy, the novel coronavirus. It's skyrocketing in the U.S., with officials now reporting more than 7,000 cases and more than 100 deaths. 
The federal government is scrambling to address medical shortages. Wednesday, President Trump invoking the Defense Production Act to boost the manufacturing of protective gear. The Defense Department also announcing plans to distribute 5 million much-needed respirators and 2,000 ventilators. Meanwhile, President Trump dispatching hospital ships to New York and the West Coast, adding 1,000 hospital beds to both hotspots. And now HHS allowing doctors to work across state lines to where they are most needed. The U.S. and Canada are also closing their border to non-essential travel. That does not include trade, but the economy is suffering. Businesses are shutting down, laying off employees. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin warning unemployment levels could surge to 20% if the government does not intervene. The Senate just passed the House's coronavirus economic relief bill. The White House is also pushing for a $1 trillion stimulus plan. Want more full court press? Tune in Sunday. We bring politics home, covering the national stories that impact you. And remember, you can catch Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren this morning at 11.30 on WKYT. In just a moment, some of the special things we're doing here at WKYT during this situation. We'll be back on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Dealing with this pandemic has required a lot of sacrifice and innovation. You know that well. And here at WKYT, we've made all kinds of adjustments. Many are working from home as we have a greatly reduced staff on site. We've also quickly developed some special programming on air and online. Andrea Walker does a daily Facebook chat at 1130. It focuses on some positive, uplifting stories. That's Monday through Friday at 1130 for that. Meteorologist Chris Bailey and Jim Caldwell teach a weather class Mondays at 1 p.m. on Facebook, informative and fun. Deanne Stevens out and about segments have shifted their emphasis. Alex Walker is doing pieces called Still Serving, which highlight restaurants with good takeout and delivery options. We're also presenting a Spanish language update on our Facebook page. All that in addition to a commitment to daily coverage of the governor's updates and we're sprinkling in some other special programming where we can along the way. We really appreciate you staying with us through all of this and we will make it through. Wake up to what's happening this week on WKYT This Morning. We start bright and early at 4.30. You make it a good week ahead. <music>